Welcome to PantherCast, the official podcast of TMI Episcopal, where we share stories from our alumni, updates about the school, and help you reconnect and discover what the TMI community is all about. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of TMI's PantherCast podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Director of Community Relations. Once again, I'm pleased to bring you the audio of our senior chapel talks from this past week by Kelly Housley and Lydia Saucedo, TMI Class of 2019. Our first featured talk is from Kelly Housley. Kelly began attending TMI halfway through her sophomore year. She's hoping to attend Southwestern, University of Houston, Baylor, or San Diego State University next fall and plans to study art education. Kelly loves listening to music and showing her artistic side through painting. Thank you for listening, and now enjoy this senior chapel talk. I was raised by extremely loving and adventurous parents with a built-in best friend, my sister. We resided in a neighborhood on the Guadalupe River in Bernie, filled with forests and older residents. As younger children, my sister and I were forced to spend most of our time together outdoors in nature. My mom stayed home with us and always cared for the family. My dad had an office job in San Antonio, which exhausted him during the week, but he would still make time for the family. They would take us on hikes, go kayaking, and camp out all in the vicinity of our backyard. I enjoyed these trips in the beginning, but eventually they got old and the kids from school introduced new and exciting hobbies, which caused me to lose interest in outdoor family fun. I vividly remember the hundreds of times when I got so angry and worked up. I'd lock myself in my room and throw myself a pity party because I wanted to be hanging out with friends, not my parents. When I expressed my disinterest in hanging out with my dorky family to my dorky family, they slowly stopped leading these little escapades. Each time I skipped out on family time, I couldn't shake thinking how my parents probably felt. I endured horrible guilt, like I was offending them. My parents wouldn't leave the neighborhood on weekends due to the long drive into civilization, which always bothered me because that meant I wouldn't be leaving the house either. Scheduling to hang out with my friends required a minimum notice of a week in advance, plus detailed plans of who was driving, picking up, etc. I blamed my house's location and my parents for the reason I didn't have a large group of friends. Realizing my family was much more tight-knit than other kids' families, I didn't know if I was weird or my classmates were. As I grew older, my family became even more of a rock for me, but I didn't appreciate the times we had together like I should have. Each year, once my sister and I were older, my parents would talk about moving into town or even into San Antonio to make our social lives and fuel intake just a little bit better. In the beginning, we would house hunt on Zillow or Trelua or whatever for hours trying to find that perfect house. Eventually, we got the message that the new house, new life we so desperately wanted wasn't going to happen unless a t large turn of events happened. I got excited, but I didn't get my hopes too high because this move never seemed to progress. On the other hand, my sister was perfectly fine where we were. I believed moving into town would make everything better. I believed moving would automatically send friends my way. 
Now I realize that living in the middle of nowhere brought my family together and taught us to not rely on others for happiness or fun. We made our own fun with the people we loved. I never imagined what it would actually take for my family to move out of our hill country oasis. Throughout my life, I'd known so many kids with divorced parents, so many that I kind of became numb to the word and believed it wouldn't affect me. July of 2017 was when my world turned upside down and inside out. My perfect, solid family would be split. I wasn't in the dark about my parents' marital tensions, but my life had always been my mom, dad, my sister, and myself, all under one roof, enjoying each other's presence. Even though it was complete silence in our no longer family room, every emotion and question about what the future would look like screamed at my insides. No one would make eye contact with each other for the fear of bursting into tears. We collectively reached a level of sadness all stemming from one thought. Our lives were about to get emotionally harder with a long road ahead of us. And this time, we wouldn't be doing it as a family. After years of family excursions or even just family dinners by the river, it was all taken from me in a moment. A moment that taught me to never take stupid family trips for granted. A moment that proved to me that the forced time spent bonding with my family shouldn't have been considered forced. All in all, I regret feeling burdened by my family in our isolated home. It taught me to cherish my life and those I love. From here, I move forward, adjusting to my transformed life, while still loving my parents and my sister, not any less, just differently. I had to accept my family wasn't going to be the perfect model of togetherness anymore and just keep going. The summer was over, but the chaos had only begun. I had to go back to the reality of faces who I thought didn't understand what I was going through. Starting junior year with basically a whole new life and fresh outlook on life made me resent anyone who took their families for granted. I set unrealistic expectations of everyone around me to cater to my emotions. I harbored anger towards any teacher who dared to give me homework while I was struggling at home. Switching off every Sunday evening between parents watching their demeanor cycle to guilt and the swallowing want of me to stay with them just a little longer never seemed to get any easier. This moment pained me like no other. They understood how hard this was for me. I knew they did. On top of those negative feelings, I pushed friends away due to the lack of empathy I felt I was receiving. Growing up, there was always this obstacle standing in my way of relationships with friends, family, and even myself. This barrier caused me unnecessary pain and confusion. It was my over-the-top compassion. I cared too much. For example, my guilt of not hanging out with my parents was all in my head. My family knew it was just the stage of life I was in, and I understood I would rather hang out with friends. Once I was back at school, I craved compassion, but I found that not everyone could relate as deeply as I would have liked. When my peers were tested on their skill of supporting Kelly, I gave them an F. The shoes were too big to fill. This trait of mine caused me more emotional pain than good. I later calmed down and realized this was a tough situation, and not everyone felt others' pain so deeply. Although I wouldn't ask for this to happen to me if I had the choice, it did lead me to new friends and opportunities. 
I really did find out who my friends are. I had to refocus on spending the time I could with my family and leaning on specific friends during these difficult months ahead. Losing my normal life made me rethink every moment I had with both my parents under the same roof. Family is a familiarity. We think we will have those loved ones in our lives forever and that we can forget about them one moment and expect to regain that time with them. Although I felt like my world was falling apart, I discovered positive values about myself, including to be observant of the boundary for empathy towards others, finding true friends, and appreciating what I have. And no, my world isn't perfect after realizing all this. I still have unresolved grief and unhappiness, but I'm working on it. I found this quote by Heraclitus during a really rough night and have graphs to it since. Everything changes and nothing stands still. My life has changed completely and I'm slowly adapting as I go. Thank you. Our final chapel talk from last week is by Lydia Sacedo. Lydia started attending TMI her junior year and is hoping to attend Texas A&M University next fall to study biological sciences. When not in class, Lydia enjoys playing basketball and the piano. Thank you for listening, and now, enjoy this senior chapel talk. We seem to never be pleased with what we have in our lives. If it is not our way of living, it is our body, our looks, or our surroundings. In December of last year, I began to resent the way my body looked. I was not comfortable with my figure to the extent that I did not want to go out with my friends or family. If I did, I would wear an outfit that would cover most of my forearms and legs since I did not like how they looked. With time, I eventually managed to lose almost 50 pounds. It is something I feel proud of, considering it, it took a long time to achieve. I was more confident than ever, yet that confidence didn't last very long. Like most humans, enough was simply not enough. While I was proud of my weight loss, now I longed for other things. While scrolling through social media, I saw the physique of women and wondered why I didn't look as good as they do, or I would walk past a girl that was skinnier than I was, and I wished to look more like her, even though I had already lost the equivalent of my six-year-old self. I realized the terrible consequences of basing my decisions on society's perspective on how a fellow individual's body should look. Decisions made to impress or please others don't make us happy. If the decision is not yours, for purposes you believe in, for reasons you love, the decision will never seem to fulfill your heart's desire like it did mine. If you're always seeking to please others by what is considered to be perfect, you'll find yourself trying to achieve a goal that can never be accomplished. It's like running a marathon with no finish line. I should have based the decision for me, for my health, for my energy, for my own heart's desire, and not to seek the approval or acceptance of anyone rather than me. Only when we run the race for ourselves can we find the finish line. While not all of you may struggle with body image or weight satisfaction, 
I bet all of you know what it feels like to want more. Either not having the latest fashion trend, not living in your dream city, your house being too small or too big, or constantly comparing yourself with what others have and you don't. Our materialistic views seem to conquer our happiness. However, what happens most of the time is that once we get what we wanted, we want more. It can be tough to be satisfied. Most everyone faces this feeling. But satisfaction, true contentment, is not necessarily impossible. This summer, I had the opportunity to go on a mission trip to Cancun, Mexico with 22 girls and two women who had devoted themselves to Christ. While there, I got to build and redecorate chapels for two communities and help several families in need. We set out on a journey that was going to be tough both physically and mentally. Every day, the sun was out at its fullest, reaching 100 degrees or higher. As a group, we would sweat, get tired, and after less than an hour working in the chapel, we all wanted to quit what we were doing and rest in the shade. What kept us going was a response we got from the community. They would bring us all kinds of fruits to the day, like pitaya or guava as sources of energy, and would always continue to invite us to eat either breakfast, lunch, and dinner at their place. What caught my eye was a people's way of living. They were satisfied with growing their food themselves and making their own home out of palm trees. They don't complain of the hotness overwhelming us every day, nor sleeping in hammocks instead of beds. They invite missionaries to their house to eat, even if they can only give them eggs for every meal instead of keeping it and storing it for their own family. If bats, scorpions, mosquitoes, or spiders roam their house, they don't make a big deal out of it. Most of the time, their water runs out and they can't take a shower, yet they don't complain about it and go on with their day with a big smile. Here we were, complaining, complaining if the water wasn't perfectly warm, while they were satisfied with whatever they had even if they had none at all. They don't concentrate on what they don't have because then they will, have, they will never have enough to be pleased in life. They are grateful for what God has given them and that's what's essential for them. I feel incredibly overwhelmed that I got the chance to disconnect myself for just two weeks because in such a short period of time, I found it possible to be satisfied without having to depend on materialistic or physical phenomena that mostly everyone desires or already have but keep on wanting more. We should all try our best to be pleased with our position in life and not focus on getting the satisfaction we think is necessary by either having the best physique, best job, the most beautiful house, or wanting more than what others appear to have. If we keep on searching to reach such desires for our very own fuel of happiness, it will be a never-ending cycle of refueling it time by time. There is no such thing as perfect best. There is only the life you make of it and the happiness you have every step of the way. Let's stop comparing ourselves with what others have since it shifts our focus away from the positive aspects of our existence. Life is full of imperfections, 
our own bodies, our world, our society is full of things that aren't perfect. Let us give thanks for each and every one of our imperfections and enjoy life at its fullest. With true contentment and satisfaction, we will end up having more than we ever thought and run a race that was worth running. Thank you. Thank you for listening to TMI's PantherCast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback and show ideas, so leave us a comment, email, or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter using at TMI Episcopal. For more news, ways to connect, and to learn about upcoming events on campus, visit our website at www.tmi-sa.org.